Hi everyone, this is Michele Graglia. This is Marianne Hogan. Hi, I'm Adrian McDonald. I'm Katie Asmet. Hi, this is Anthony Gasols. Hi, my name is Meg Morgan. Hey, it's Jordan Trofe. This is John Ray. This is Ryan Van Duzer, and you are listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Norman. And I'm Jody. And this is another Gotta Run Racing Podcast. We're on a roll these days. Well, we're banging off what happened at Black Canyon. We sure are. It's been a lot of fun so far. And how's your training going for uh, Slovenia? Not bad, not bad. I'm looking forward to doing some more outdoor running, but we just got, what, about 10 centimeters of snow yesterday and more on the way, and I'm being a complete wimp this year and doing lots of treadmill training, but working on my mental game, so... So you would rather run on the treadmill than minus 20. (laughs) You've been trying to get me to admit this for a while now, (laughs) because I used to say minus 20. But yes, I would. (laughs) I will admit that. I would rather run on the treadmill than in minus 20. Yep, it's official. Well, this is what happens. We get older. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. I just, I'm feeling the cold more now. We get older, we get colder. (laughs) Hey, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So back to our Black Canyon series. Who's on the podcast today? Well, today we have Lauren Peretz. She's a 40-year-old OBGYN living in Colorado Springs, Colorado. She's been running ultras for a few years now, and her name's usually in the mix. She's had a fifth-place finish at Bandera in 2021. She was seventh at Black Canyons in 22, and fourth at last year's Javelina 100. Mm. She's also a member of the Colorado Era Viper running team, and she actually is in very good company in that she won the Sawatch Ascent 50K outright last year in Colorado. And who's the only other woman to do that? Some woman named Court something? Yes, Courtney DeWalter. Oh, wow. That's good company. (laughs) Absolutely. She earned her golden ticket to Western by placing third at Black Canyon very recently. Mm -hmm. So stick around. Stick around. We got lots more to talk about. Here is Lauren coming up. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to Canada, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. And big congrats on earning that Western States ticket at I Black know. Canyons. <laughs> insane. Just insane. Did you hang up the the big check on your wall yet? Or not yet. I have to. <laughs> I I have an area where I think I'm gonna put it, but I'm trying to decide if I put it more front and center. <laughs> in my my closet or bedroom or something for the just for the motivation for the next little bit or if i'm going to put it kind of in where my by my treadmill so we'll see Ooh, i like like that that idea that's (laughs) that's inspiration absolutely we ask everyone who has a golden ticket what your the reaction was when you brought it on the plane if if you flew I flew, but I had a girlfriend who was driving back. Mm. And since I figured it was going to be a big pain and they offered, Mm -hmm. I I didn't have to carry it through the airport because she drove it back for me. Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I was kind of almost like sad. I was like, this is going to be funny to walk through the airport with this. I can't wait to. But then when she offered, I was that's probably the better idea. Yeah. You don't want it to get bent or anything. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I already had blood on it. I don't need anything else on. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, before we get to Black Canyons, we we like to touch on a couple other races that you've done. And yeah. one of the ones that stuck out to us, because I think it might have been your only international race, was the, and I'm probably saying this long, the Logavagur Ultra in Iceland. Yeah, Long Longahoover. I actually don't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> but yeah, I did that, what, last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which was more of I wanted to go to Iceland. And so if I sign up for a race, then my husband has to go. <laughs> so I was like, I signed up for a race. Now we're going. <laughs> so that was why I originally signed up for it. But it was a really hard race between, I think it was actually, I don't think it had much elevation gain. If, if not, it was quite, I don't know, I think maybe net negative, okay. but it was so much loose rock. Mm. So a lot of sliding, uh, volcanic rock, which even just even touch it and you've lost a chunk of your hand. Yeah. So the fear of falling was really high. Uh, it had a lot of river crossings, which I was thinking that was good practice for Black Canyons. Uh, <laughs> and it was like really steep down or mm. really steep up. They don't really do the whole switchback thing. Right. Uh, so it was kind of, w- it was way more difficult than I anticipated and suffered a bit. <laughs> I bet it was stunning though. But Oh yeah, absolutely beautiful. After you pass the sulfur hot springs area, which was intense odor. But after that, it was just incredible, <laughs> which was cool. I think it's actually a through hike. Like that trail is a through hike. Oh, uh, Yeah, because they have to shuttle us up it's like a four hour, no, maybe, maybe three hour shuttle ride up to the start. Wow. Yeah. So you're on a bus for a long time. Those kind of buses that go through rivers as you're going up there. So that was kind of, it was a, a, a rocky ride up, a long rocky ride up. And then you run basically back to kind of where the trail ends, I suppose. But I think it's a pretty popular through hike. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Did you stay and vacate in Iceland? We did. Yeah. So we got there, I want to say the Tuesday before. Mm-hmm. I think we took a red eye. So we got there Wednesday morning. And then we, I think we flew back that following Wednesday. So stayed just over a week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you get to see any Northern Lights? I ask everyone who goes to Iceland because no one I've spoken to has ever seen them in Iceland. <laughs> Uh, say, and then I can join that club because I we did not. Yeah. I think, well, I think. I don't even know if it's possible at that time because it's daylight for so long. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if you could see them. Right. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't, if you could, it would have been between the hours of 2.30 to 4.30, which is when it's actually dark. (laughs) (laughs) We were asleep at that point. But yeah, so we didn't. We were there when the volcano erupted. So the first one, not the current one. Right. Uh, we were there during that. So that was kind of cool to see. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty scary what's happening over there, actually. Yeah. yeah. I know. I We did, of course, the whole Blue Lagoon thing because I do the tourist thing. And I we just gotten off the plane. It was like, going to be our first thing. And of course, I had to get my run in. And so my husband, we went with another couple. They drove there and I was like, drop me off here. This is the exact mileage I need if I run to the Blue Lagoon. (laughs) Uh, And so I saw some report that that road that is now wiped out by lava. Mm. And I was like, that's that's kind of scary to think. I was there not that long ago and now it's all destroyed, which is terrifying. Yeah, but it is. It is. What made you choose this race? The the Iceland one? Yeah. I called it the Iceland one. (laughs) I don't know. I think it was just 
somebody must have posted something about it at some point in time or got an advertisement. And so I was like, well, that one sounds good. So not much thought put into it besides it's a race in Iceland, the timing works. And it was a lottery. Mm. So I had to get up like at four in the morning to be able to put my name in at that time on that date and then find out a couple of weeks later whether we got in or not. My girlfriend ran it as well. And the husband's they didn't really crew because you couldn't, but they were there at the end. And so we had to see if we got in. So then it was, all right, if we get in, I guess we're going. <laughs> so not much research was done. It was more of a, we'll do something there. <laughs> and then hopefully this race works out. Nice. <laughs> How was it racing with this international field now? Yeah. Well, it's weird because you just don't know any right. names, right? Nobody like, knows you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I... <laughs> I had like looked up like the course record and the girl who has that and she was running it again. And I was like, all right, so I'll try to be in her range. I don't even know how to pace this thing. And then find out later she's on the Iceland national track and cross country team. And I was like, oh, that was a lofty goal. <laughs> and she took off and left me in the dust. <laughs> so then it was just kind of like, all right, that's the only person I know. Like, I don't, I guess I'm just out here trying not to get lost. <laughs> so, so yeah, it is kind of weird. Like when you don't really know anybody as far as history or where to go or where, cause I use, use other people as kind of a pace for me. Mm. Okay, I think this person's going to run about when I, I'll try to like stay with them, especially early in a race. So I don't want to have to think too much. And it's like, all right, just stay with this person. Cause we're probably doing about the same and then go from there. But I was like, <laughs> all right, well, now it's just don't get dropped too much. <laughs> Well, the other race that kind of piqued our interest was the Sawatch Ascent. Yeah. Which you won outright. And the only other woman to do that was Courtney DeWalter. So that's pretty good company to be in. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was actually funny. I feel like maybe I'm just a really aloof runner because I also had no idea that I had done that. I had a r pretty rough ascent. I think I was probably in like fourth, maybe. I was not... I'm not the best climber. And so I was like, oh, well, we'll just kind of keep going. I think by the time I got to the top, I was maybe second or third, but I'm a pretty good descender mm. and pretty good descender on technical stuff. So I just kind of like, all right, well, you're not going to win this one. That's okay. It was really just a training run for Havelina. And I was like, so just, you know, have fun, practice your fueling, started going down. And all of a sudden I passed a girl and I was like, oh, oh, I guess I just took over the lead. And so I just kept on going. I'm trying to remember where it was. The last aid station, maybe it was like five miles out. And some guy told me he was Jeff. I think his name was Jeff. Jeff is right up there. You can get him. And I'm like, why are you telling me about Jeff? <laughs> oh, Jeff. I don't know why you would tell me that. Okay. And so I'm just going along. And then I don't know, maybe a mile or two later, I I'd passed him. And I was like, oh, this must be the Jeff they're talking about. <laughs> okay. I keep going. I fell pretty hard. Oh. And so I was then trying to like just limp my way down the rest of the technical until we got to the road. And then the end of the Sawatch Ascent is up a road. It's really steep and really long. Just a, a road with cars going on it back Ooh. to get to a starting point. Yeah. And I would have jumped in. I would have jumped in. If any car would have offered me, I would have jumped in. It was so miserable that last little bit. And then came across the line and they were like, congrats. And then they told me that stat, like the only other person to have won outright was Courtney. I was like, cool. Why are you talking about Courtney? Like, <laughs> And they were like, do you know you won outright? And I was 
oh, sweet. Like, <laughs> I just thought I had passed that girl and I was pretty stoked about it. So, yeah, apparently I'm just a really aloof runner at most points of my <laughs> as I go along. But yeah, so it's kind of cool. They told me that stat at the end and I was definitely confused. But it, yeah, she's a legend. So just even to be in the same sentence as anything with her is pretty awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. It would have been funny if you came up across Jeff. Said, Hi, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. would <laughs> be like, who are you? <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly. I'm like, why do you know my name? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Now you are also a member of the racing team from Arabipa, Colorado. Yeah. How did that come uh-huh. about? I have a couple acquaintances who are on the team and just seeing their posts and seeing uh, it just thought really cool. Like they would get together for runs and kind of planning runs. And I'm a very, very social runner. I semi joke that I'm a codependent runner and that <laughs> I will wake up at any time and drive any distance just so I can run with people. Mm. And ve- <laughs> I have a very hard time getting myself motivated on my own, uh, especially to then get to work on some sort of time. So I was like, oh, I, I want to join those runs. Like I want to be included in that and have more of a kind of community to join. And so I applied, almost forgot about it because I assumed I wouldn't get on. I think I've applied for ambassadorships for a couple other companies and didn't get any of them. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll apply, right? It's not going to be, not going to hurt me to to apply and totally forgot about it until they posted on Instagram. And I was like, Sweet. That's so awesome. And it's been a really amazing experience meeting all the people, kind of having those group runs, even if it's like just meeting up with a couple versus the bigger runs, having people uh, at races that you know Mm. and can kind of go from there. It's been it's been a really great experience. I'm really glad I'm joining them for a second year. Well, especially since you are a runner who likes to run with people. That's that's perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you find people that you can easily match your pace with too, which is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People to push me and people to just have great conversations with. So it's been great. Yeah. Well, let's get into Black Canyons. You've run it successfully before. Yeah. So what did you change anything up with your training this time around? Or did you feel any different with your mindset? Like what was it? How would you compare the two and just in terms of getting to the start? Yeah, I did it in 2022, which is a warm year. And I do great in heat. I don't do well in cold. And I just kind of jumped in. I mean, I had a coach at that time who was kind of helping. So that was was good. I was at that time OBGYN. So I was delivering babies. So schedule was really crazy. So I wasn't getting as much miles or as much like not cross training, but like lifting kind of trying to do weights because I just didn't have the time and did the race. I was doing really well, felt really great. I said, I do great in the heat. So I was thriving, except for then I was, oh, I don't need my pack. I'll just do a handheld. Mm -hmm. And after Black Canyon aid station, I dropped my pack thinking my girlfriend who's crewing me will get give it back to me at Table Mesa. And like I have a handheld, I can just refill. And I ran out of water very quickly, ran out of fuel even faster. Mm. Imagine myself dying among the cactuses like (laughs) Wiley Coyote or something. Like it was death march until the next aid station where I chugged cokes and water as much as I could and refilled my water bottle and then kind of death marched on and finally fell a little better. And then when they finished, so my goal was to not be stupid <laughs> uh, with fueling and hydration to never give up my pack. And then, so now two years later, I have a different coach, got a little bit more mileage in, but I, I dropped obstetrics. So now I just do gyne only, yep. which what I absolutely love, but means I'm only on call for myself, not 
you know, seven other docs. Uh, and so not as much phone calls, not enough much going in, not on call for weekends. And so have been able to do a lot more weightlifting and kind of the cross cross training. I call it cross training, but stretching and prehabbing stuff that I is helping my body not fall apart, I guess. And then trying to the big other stuff. Yeah, having a second pacer was huge. I like I said, I'm a social runner. So for me, having pacers is really helpful. So having a second pacer, which then even got to be for what, 20 miles, 19 miles, and then the last 11 miles. So having a pacer for longer was the other big change I made and upping my fuel. I mean, I probably, I don't even know what I was doing. Probably a couple hundred calories an hour. I don't even know what carbs because we're looking at that now. And now going up to trying to get at least 70 to 100 carbs an hour. Mm -hmm. That was the two big changes. The cold, I was really nervous about the cold because my hands, I have really bad Renaud's and my hands oh, go numb. Cool. And so when my hands go numb, I can't, can't get my fuel. I can't do anything. Yeah. It's, I'm pretty useless. And so I was really worried about that start. The delay, I guess, let it warm up a bit for me. So that was good. Yeah. I kind of threw off breakfast and then a second breakfast. But besides that, it was nice that I got that kind of time to, for me to warm up for the, I guess, the temperature to warm up was a huge change that, that helped. So the delay, we spoke to Rachel and Becca and believe it or not, they both went back to bed, which kind of blew our minds. I bet you didn't do that. No, (laughs) no, no, I (laughs) did not. So I woke up at four ish and ate something. And then my plan was to go like eat something, then kind of go back to bed and then actually get up at five and leave our uh, Airbnb at 530. Found out a little after five that it had been delayed, but I couldn't go back to sleep even at at 4 a.m. I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was up. So I was, <laughs> I don't know, putzing about probably doing something not important. And then we got there. Well, we got, I guess we got there like we left when we were supposed to. We got there with plenty of time. So it was that second delay that really threw us all. We were on like on the track, all our clothes off, on the track, ready to go. I thought it was a joke. I thought they're like, ha, 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 another half an hour. Oh, you're funny. Like, let's get going. Right. Yeah. And they were like, no, really, we're not starting. <laughs> that one was that's, and then I was like trying to find my clothes again because it was really, it was still really cold. Trying to find my my crew and my jacket and stay warm between that time. So that one kind of that was the I think the bigger one. Yeah, but no, I definitely did not go back to bed. <laughs> that's I'm not a, I'm not a rester. <laughs> I don't take naps either. I I'm not. I can't. But well, we did chat to several elites from this race. And we asked the question to all of them, did you get caught up in the hype and take off like it's a 5K race <laughs> or did you hold back saying, whoa, whoa, whoa? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I did it first. The first, because of the delay, all that snow melted and they probably all said it was just a slosh fest for probably the first six to eight miles. We all took off. I think my first mile was like 630, which I don't know how I pulled that off because of the the track was like dodging people and dodging like water puddles. And so probably took off pretty fast. And then probably the second or third mile, my legs feel really tired. Mm. And just, I think slogging through that, like every step is a slip or a puddle or trying to like dancing across mm. the the trail, trying to find the best route. I'm just going to have to let them go. Like I, if I can't, I can't keep this up in the slop. And I think I kind of, tw- my quad, like I must have pulled something in one of the things because my quad was kind of burning mm. one, like the outer quad. And I was, I can't, I'm, I'm going to kill myself if I try to keep this pace. 
keep up with everybody in the race in this slop. I'm just going to hurt myself or just have myself be totally spent. And so I really slowed down to the point where I felt like I was kind of dogging it. Probably you're still in a race. You should probably go a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I definitely slowed down and kind of just let the leaders kind of take off. And I was kind of and I try, I'm, I also, my own worst enemy, so I'm pretty good at getting down at myself mm-hmm. early in the race. And I try to talk myself up. It's fine. It's a long race. It's just not won or lost in the first six miles. <laughs> uh, and so tried to like kind of talk myself off the ledge of letting them go yeah. because I knew I, with how my legs were already feeling, I could not continue like that. Then by the time I got to Bumblebee, I felt way better my quad like so that muscle was still must have done something to it so it's still hurting Mm -hmm. but i felt overall better legs overall felt i wasn't trudging through mud anymore and so i started to feel better at that point and kind of kept going i think picked up a little bit there i was kind of shocked i had broken down my splits into like what i wanted to do what i thought i could do bumblebee and then from bumblebee to black canyon black canyon to finish Mm -hmm. And I was actually pretty shocked because my goal to get to Bumblebee was about 220 to 222. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at my watch, my watch right before getting there, and I was like 221, oh, I'm still on pace for what <laughs> I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, because I thought, like I said, I thought I'd slow down so much to the point where like I was, forget it, the day's not going to be what I was hoping for. So I was pretty shocked. I think that's probably why I felt some energy. I mean, between the aid station, the energy, my crew, my coach was there. And then being like, oh, I'm still on pace, even though I felt like I was going too easy. Yeah. That gave me a, a bit of a, a boost mentally into kind of that climb out of Bumblebee. Mm. So from Bumblebee to Table Mesa, how were you feeling at that point? And did you know what position you're in? So, I, and I'm trying to remember, it was, I believe, as I was leaving Deep Canyon, that's when I got a pacer. Yeah. My coach had told me I was in third or fourth. And I think she like sprinted to tell me that I was in third. I can't remember. At that point in time, she had told me something to that effect. Or maybe fourth or fifth. I can't remember the exact numbers. But she told me I was higher up than I thought I was because so many people had passed me that I thought I was way back. And so she told me, no, no, you're still doing great. You're in, you know, fourth, fifth place or something to that effect. I was like, all right. But I knew like big climb, the big, the two big climbs were coming up. And so that's not where I excel. So I was, well, I guess all I can do is just keep moving forward and try not to slow down too much in the next area. And like I said, just going with my times is really what I was aiming for. That was the last time I was told my place I guess I passed Heather Jackson at one point. In hindsight, I think I remember in the moment, I didn't realize it. Wow. But in hindsight, I'm like, oh, yeah, because I had turned to her and I was, you know, are you OK? Do you need anything? And she just kind of nodded and I kept going. And then I realized, oh, that, that's who I was talking to. Right. So <laughs> so then I guess, yeah, I didn't realize I that I had moved up at that point into third. Wow. I believe. It. Yeah, that's where you did it. So do you like chasing or being chased? Oh, it's a good question. I like chasing, I think, especially if I can see them. Mm-hmm. I like chasing. <laughs> uh, what I find really frustrating, especially on like trail runs, is you can't see people. They may not be that far ahead of you and you can't see them because of trees or bends in the trail. And so I find that part hard. But if I see somebody, I am just my, my goal is to get to them. Right. So. That sets like mini 
mini goals into a, obviously the big goal of the race. And so I like those mini little challenges. So, and I don't like running scared. <laughs> <laughs> so feeling chased. In fact, I think that's why my crew didn't tell me okay. where I was is because if they would have told me, I probably would have been like, it's all right. Fourth is okay. <laughs> Skip fourth. That's cool. Because I think at that feeling chased, that feeling nervous, that feeling, oh, this is mine to lose is mentally draining for me. And so they just tell me this far to the end, keep going. You The faster you go. So they always say, the faster you go, the sooner you'll be done. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right. Let's do that. So uh, yeah, definitely. I think chasing, especially if I can see somebody. Yeah, because our Canadian was coming on on your heels pretty hot. Cat Drew. Yeah. So I think the second to last climb or the, I think it was the last climb, I started to get kind of dizzy. And I was, uh-oh, I need to get some salt tabs in me. And I know I had shoved some in my belt someplace. So I'd stop to find it and then take, there's like, there were like four big horse pills. So I took them and, and was chugging the rest of my fuel. And I looked and I, you know, because is it a pacer? Was it the racer? I didn't know who it was, but I was, that's a female. I better get going. <laughs> so then kept going. I didn't know. Like I said, now in hindsight, I believe it was her. I had at that point, like, all right, I gotta get going. And thank goodness those salt tabs worked quickly. The dizziness kind of resolved and I was able to keep going. But yeah, that, that made me nervous. I was like, oh, somebody's right there. <laughs> if you're picking up what we're laying down, listen up. The trails at Earl Rowe Provincial Park in Allison have been a well-kept secret until now. We've crafted a scenic 12K loop for our rainbow trail run, featuring mostly double-track trail that will show off all of the best views this park has to offer. Join us this August for one, two, four, eight, or 14 loops. We'll leave the math up to you. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Anyways, back to the show. Well, your finish line video is priceless. And I think we answered our own question. We were going to ask you if you didn't know you when you were in third or you didn't know that third got a golden ticket. And I'm presuming it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, I knew three, three got the golden ticket. I mean, to be honest, I didn't think I had a, a chance in this field. This field is just so deep and so impressive. And I was just, well, I guess I'm going to run this for goal time. I think I can run it in nine hours or less. So here's the time. And so I was just thinking about what my times needed to be in order for me to get the time I wanted to run because I assumed I had no hope in the depth that was there <laughs> and kind of had put the golden ticket. Nope, not going to happen. That's okay. You can still get a lot out of this race. You can still have fun. It's still being on the trails, which is time with, I always say it's my break from life. Uh, and so I am just going to enjoy it and do what I think I can do, right? I think I can do this time. And so I'm just going to pace myself. And that's all I was focusing on was what my splits needed to be as I went through, not paying attention to pace, not paying attention to anything else. I also, I listened to a book on tape. I think I'm the only probably one who listens to books on tape while I run, but it's just something in the background. The story doesn't even matter sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's more of just a background noise right. uh, and songs. Like sometimes I get annoyed at like, the song and you want to, I want to change it, you know, next one or whatever it may be. <laughs> and then podcasts, if we 
you have to go get the next one. And I was a book on tape is 18 hours. It'll never run out, right? I got all the time in the day, a bigger worry about my phone dying. And so I just kind of put it on. And so if anybody yelled anything, I was too in my head about not dying, not falling, not stopping. <laughs> and, and or that book on tape, I didn't, I didn't hear them, which is why I think I was so shocked because I A, didn't count myself in that golden ticket running and B, didn't hear anything. That's amazing. Have you been trying to get a golden ticket before because you tried or you ran Bandera, the Canyons, Javelina? So we was a golden ticket on your list of things to do. I really wanted to run Western States. Okay. And knowing the lottery is going to take me many more years. And I don't know how many more years I have of at least competitive running. I was like, well, that's my probably best way of getting in. So it's like, well, you know, like Bandera was a race. Because of COVID, my schedule was super light in comparison to what it normally is. Mm-hmm. And so I that's why I really started increasing my mileage was before then. And I was so two weeks before that, I was, this is probably the best shape I'll ever be in. I might as well do it. And so signed up two weeks beforehand and went, I think I was fifth, top two get. Uh, and that was my first 100K. So a lot of lessons were learned there. And then I was like, oh, I was fifth. And like top two get it? Maybe I do have a chance. Then I ran Black Canyons. I think that's why I did in 2021 and then got passed by many of people as I was trudging through the desert. Gosh, what did I do next? Oh, I did canyons a couple months later. That turnaround was bad and it was particularly busy at work. I think I delivered 19 babies wow, wow. the weekend before. So from Friday at two until Monday morning, I delivered 19 babies. Uh, and that's only because I missed two because I was in other deliveries. So I had to have somebody cover for me. So it would have been even more, but I missed them. And so it's just super busy for me. And that turnaround was really fast. And with winter running, I had not done the training nor the elevation gain. I think I did one 20 mile run with 7,000 feet of elevation gain before I was like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. And I, I, I suffered from that race. So that was, that was one of my low points in racing. <laughs> and then I came back and did Havelina, I think was my next one. I got eight. Love the race. That is such a fun race. So then came back and did it last year and was fourth. So I was kind of at different points up and down as far <laughs> as like closeness of getting the ticket, but kind of was always like, I've got to try. Otherwise I'll never get into this race. So. So it's been there in the back of my mind with that hope, but never that thought that I could actually get it, I suppose. Well, amazing, amazing, amazing is all I can say. Speaking of suffering at Havelina, I did actually notice a lovely video that you posted about your toenail. So you and I definitely have that in common. When I finished the 100K at Havelina, I walked right over to the, the toe fairy, fairy. toe fairy tent. And she popped, I think, five blisters under toenails. It was Mm. the most painful thing I've ever experienced. So how are your toes right now? Oh, toes are fabulous. I didn't even lose one this time. Uh. Yeah, Havelina 2022. Yeah, 2022. I think I lost two toenails. I made a video of the one because that was epic. Grossly. Yeah. (laughs) And then last year, so 2023, I think I only had four surviving toenails or maybe five surviving toenails. Mm -hmm. I had, I know my girlfriend's like, let's get a pedicure. And I'm not paying full price. I got half the amount of toenails. (laughs) I lost so many toenails that race. I also 
wore the ultraflies for the very first time on the start line. So that was probably a bad idea. <laughs> probably not the best idea I did there, but but so that was probably why I lost so many. But this time, not toenail is oh, even amazing. damaged. Amazing. I know. Wow. So that's a first. Usually this one or two toenails are done, but <laughs> now come June, you're gonna be toeing the line against Becca and Rachel mm-hmm. again, plus a bunch of other women including our own Canadian, Prissy Forgy, which you have to watch out for. <laughs> yeah. And you're in the mix. How is this experience going to be for you that you finally get to Western States taking on these incredible women? I I think I'm still in such disbelief that it's actually happened. I actually, so I worked on Monday and I had surgery in the morning and then uh, office in the afternoon and kind of just like getting back, getting into life, you know, surgery first thing in the morning, wow. then getting into the office, seeing patients. And I like sat down after that and I just was like, what just happened? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, mean, I literally started crying. I was like, what just happened here? Like, this is Did not... I dream it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I texted my old coach. I texted him and I was like, probably use some expletives that I won't say. But I was like, did this happen? Am I, am, I, am I dreaming? What's going on? Like, tell me if I'm making this up. And he had some wonderful words of encouragement or reflection, I suppose, in the race. And so I think I'm still like... And then it's been so busy the rest of the week at work. So I haven't had time to really imagine, but I kind of am trying to think of, do I go into the race and try to be, or do I just go to like soak it in? Right. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't no pressure. I don't know which one I want to do. Do I just live it up, soak it in, see the what I can do? Or do I try to be really competitive? And I haven't decided yet. So we'll see how training goes. Perhaps it'll it'll all unfold in the climb, in the first climb. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm looking at that. Oh. <laughs> my weakness. I think a lot of uphill treadmills are in my future. I think that Western is sort of like Boston for the every runner. Yeah. The, the achievement of actually qualifying for Boston and all the effort yeah. that goes into that. When you get to Boston, you can't race Boston. The course is not designed to get a PB at Boston right, for the yeah. average person. So go and enjoy it yeah. and see what happens, see what unfolds. Right. As opposed to going in with all this pressure that I got to place top 10. Right. And just soak it in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I guess it works for Black Hand and just to have a time and race my race on what I think I can do and the rest of it will happen or or not happen. Because I can't control what other people do or the weather or the this or the that. But if I go in with a realistic expectation of what I think I can achieve and I just aim at that and not worry about any other noise, then then yeah, it'll be a good day regardless. So that's I think what I'm I'm probably gonna do is kind of similar to Black Canyons. Go in yeah. running my own race, trying to push myself to what I think I can accomplish and enjoy the rest of it. Mm. Awesome. And you have also a busy running schedule ahead of you. Are you going to be now changing things around? Yeah. (laughs) I met up with some people in Boulder last night. I just kind of a kind of celebration of, of golden tickets and, and whatnot. And they're like, Oh, what are you racing? And I was Oh, I planned a whole schedule. In fact, I'm in, I wanted to run the San Juan solstice in Lake city and I'm on the wait list for it, uh, which is the weekend before. And I was like, I should probably withdraw my name from that probably, Uh, because I have a whole schedule of what I was going to yep. do. There's, I did a road marathon in June. Yeah. Grandma's in June in Duluth. And I guess did pretty well for 40 and over. And so I was invited mm-hmm. to the 
master's road marathon world championship race in Australia. So I was like, maybe I'll do that. And now I don't, or it's in September. I was like, I don't know. I have to rethink my whole schedule and calendar (laughs) thing that I was, because I signed up for stuff, not assuming there wouldn't be in Western States. So (laughs) yeah, I know I have to talk to my coach about what I should do and not do and go from there. Amazing. Well, I do want to touch briefly on the fact that you are a gynecologist and we briefly chatted with Rachel about the issues she faced postpartum. Yeah. Now you're 40. I'm in my early fifties. When I was looking for a program for women in perimenopause or menopause, it was really hard to find. And I, I talked to my girlfriends about it and we're all kind of going through so many changes, especially in Perry, you don't even realize it's happening. At least I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't connect the dots with how it was affecting my training. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you must have women that are active and in dealing with endurance sports that are finding these challenges too. And and have you been able to kind of guide them considering that you are an endurance athlete yourself and you're not probably there yet, but you're approaching it. Yeah. I'm really curious because it's not something that's really, I think, that hasn't been talked about enough or given them enough of a strategy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my practice is shockingly not full of a lot of athletes. I don't think many of my patients even know that I run. <laughs> so I don't have like a ton of runner specific patients that I kind of guide through this. I can think of one who's a competitive runner and kind of doing you know that. So not a ton of actual patient experience, but one of the reasons I love gynecology, it's always been my goal to just do gyne only. I like delivering babies, but I don't really. <laughs> and so, but gynecology, like if I could be, I would be a sex ed teacher mm. in a heartbeat. I'd get fired in about four minutes, <laughs> but I, that would be my dream. It's just, I think education and knowledge is utmost importance. Mm-hmm. And so being guy only, I've had the ability to kind of tailor my kind of education a little bit more and just join the North American Menopause Society because that's a passion of mine that we're not, we don't talk about it. It's kind of tabooed. And so how do you know what you're even going through if you don't even know what to expect? Because <laughs> no one talks about it. And, yes. You know, and not to mention, not to get like preachy here, but not to mention the just misinformation about hormones and hormone therapy and for good or for bad, the misinformation out there on that is really dangerous and unfair to women, to be quite honest. First of all, that there isn't research on it. Mm-hmm is unfair. The fact that it's not talked about or it's dismissed is unfair and we deserve better. And so that's why I've kind of delved into this North American menopause society, informing myself as much as possible so I can be out there for women to come to. And so they don't feel dismissed. Can't make anybody 20 again, right? But we can make it so it's not as bad or that life isn't awful, right? Quality of life is huge in there. Not to mention just things we can do to improve and prevent or for health-wise, whether it's osteoporosis or cardiovascular things, Mm -hmm. or even just working on balance as you get older, as your muscle mass decreases. And balance is huge in that. And people, I think, are really focused on cardiovascular, exercising, 
it's like, ah, balance and strength work are so important, especially as you get older. And how does that play? And what does your family history kind of play into that? So I am excited. Like I said, I just dropped obstetrics in, I think I delivered my last baby in July. And so trying to get more and more education on that and hopefully getting more and more patients. I actually, (laughs) I've had a, a dream or a idea for several years now and have been, I think, combination of no time and too nervous. I want to start a podcast about specifically, like basically, like what have you not been taught in sex ed? What have you not been taught about your body? What have you not been taught about your body, whether it's postpartum or with exercise or with whatever? And so I'm hoping I can get the courage. I feel like the first podcast is probably the hardest to do. And I just, it is. <laughs> I just, my, uh, my husband got me for the holidays. He got me like a podcast starter kit and he, nice. he's like, no, actually do it. Cause you've been talking about it for long enough. <laughs> but, you got it. I think you'd be great at it. Yeah. So I just, I need well, to do it. Subscriber right here. Yeah. Say, <laughs> I, well, that's the thing I think I don't want to do it by myself. That makes me, I think I need a co-host. I have a girlfriend who's a pelvic floor PT and I'm trying to convince her to do it with me because I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Because I think pelvic floor PTs are your best friend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm your surgeon, (laughs) right? I can fix something. I can do more education on the medicine, but she's your girl. She's who you need to see. That's where you're going to put the time and energy in to to actually improve the things. So I'm trying to convince her to do it with me and then go from there. But well. Big congrats on your amazing career so far. And after Western States, do you have any other international races lined up? Something perhaps in Canada? (laughs) Well, I know there's the controversy with the one in Whistler. So if they put on a race, I will probably go and support it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We would take, it would take very little for my husband to do any or support me in any race I did in Canada. So really, uh, yeah, (laughs) I grew up in Michigan. So I grew up an hour from the border. And so we went to Canada, but I mean, not Ontario. Yeah. But what is the town we went to? Oh, Sault Ste. Marie. No, right across Detroit. Windsor. Windsor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and then going up into the upper peninsula of Michigan. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's as close as we could get to the beauty that is Canada, but went to, I did an undergrad. I spent three weeks in Vancouver with a doula. Mm. Uh, so that was really fun. And then a girlfriend just moved to Vancouver. I think she was outside, just outside of Vancouver, visited her and then went up to Whistler and skied there with the family. And so just, I mean, I think the Canadian Rockies don't tell any Coloradans this, but the Canadian Rockies are hands down <laughs> the most beautiful place <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a secret. Don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't tell any Colorado. And I ever said that. I also, I, when I was in med school, I worked in Indian Health Reservation mm. for a month in Montana, Blackfoot, oh. and so got stuck there because it snowed so much that I could not physically leave with my little Honda Civic at the time. Uh, all the roads were closed. So while I was there for longer, I spent time there, but then also went up to Jasper mm. and whatnot and just gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Most stunning place I've ever been. So, <laughs> so yeah, it would not take much for us to go up there. <laughs> good, good to hear. Good to hear. And I think Rachel said that she's also from Michigan. Is that right? Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. We're so envious of you guys because you move around so much. We don't really do that. I think it's partly because 
our weather is pretty consistent <laughs> across the country, whereas you guys yeah. can move to different climates. So I totally get that, but I'm very envious. <laughs> I semi joke if I'm ever in Michigan or I say I'm moving to Michigan, call the police because I am I am kidnapped or in a cult. <laughs> Just it's dark and dreary and cold. And I mean, that wet, deep, cold, cold, yep. uh, no sun. Just uh, <laughs> wow. it's here, like I get, you know, we get sun a lot, even if it's cold, at least you have the sun. Yep. So we're deep in it right yeah. now. Yep. Thanks for reminding yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Know. All right, Lauren. Well, before we let you go, we like to do a little rapid fire just for some fun. Okay. okay. So I think I know the answer to this, but if you had to do a long run and choose between the treadmill or minus 20 outside, what would you choose? Treadmill. Oh, you would choose treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. I I think between med school and two kids, I did a lot. I did probably 80 to 90% of my running on the treadmill. Wow. Put on a good Good show. I'm no problem. The other weekend, it was really cold here, like minus 10, minus 11. I ran outside. And at the end of it, I was like, I don't want to be a runner anymore. And the next day I had 14 on the treadmill. I was like, I was a happy, I was a happy person. So <laughs> yep. treadmill all day long versus cold weather. What's your favorite genre of music? Is Disney a genre? Sure. Yeah. If I can sing along to it or dance along to it, that's what I want. So Disney's like one of my favorites. Favorite ice cream flavor? Coffee. Ooh, oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, yeah, where do you get that? Coffee. Do we have coffee? Well, gelato. Okay. Coffee gelato is yeah, yeah even better. <laughs> Would you rather be a professional writer, painter, or musician? Professional musician. I wish I could sing like Adele. Oh, that's my of course. Yeah, <laughs> dream. So probably a musician. Well, speaking of that, what's the last concert you went to? Ooh, the last concert I went to, I'm not a music person. Oh, okay. Oh, controversial. I fall asleep at every concert <laughs> I've ever been to. Oh, my God. I mean, even like comedians, I fall asleep. Like, yeah, many I people can see that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like falling asleep. The last concert I went to, I believe is actually country, probably in 2013. Oh, my God. <laughs> you weren't kidding. <laughs> if you say the is there a Zach Brown band, I want to say, yeah. at Red Rocks in 2014? That sounds That's probably right. my last concert I went to. <laughs> Did you say Red Rocks? Yeah. Oh. The Red Rock Theater up in Golden. Yeah, yeah. I love that place. That's amazing. Yep. Very cool. Okay, Norm. Pick a superpower you'd like to have. Ooh, invisibility. Yeah. yeah. That's a popular one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Thanks for your time, Lauren. And you're going to start your podcast soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to, I actually opened up the podcast kit that I got for the holidays this morning. Okay. <laughs> so moving, I'm moving in a positive direction. Well, to be, to be fair, I had my kit for a year in my closet until, <laughs> oh, until okay. COVID hit and we had nothing else to do. Yeah. So that's where we started. There you go. Yeah. All right. I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> Well, thanks again, and good luck in June. We'll be watching. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you guys. All right. Cheers. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> that wraps up our series on Black Canyon winners for with, 2024. With Lauren Peretz, finally earning her golden ticket. She tried a few times at other races, and then when she crossed that finish line. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen her video, check out her Instagram. We'll, we'll tag it. Yeah. But her response was 
priceless. It's really, <laughs> really fun to see because she didn't know. Yeah, she did not know. Yeah. And now she knows. Now she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll get there. She'll be at the start line at Western States this June. Can't wait to see that start line. The women's field is going to be packed. Men's too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be a great, great race coming June. Awesome. Can't wait. And we hope she comes to Canada soon. I hope all of them come to Canada. Yeah. My gosh. We keep promoting uh, our little country, <laughs> but we do have races up here. We do. And they're technical and they're hard and, and they're uh, scenic. Yeah. If you want mountains, we got it. You want flat, we got it. You want rocks, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to our Patreon supporters. Without you, our lights would be off. <laughs> and if you like our show, please leave us a rating review. We much, much, much appreciate it. Goes a long way to help us out getting our podcast on the charts. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Cheers. Bye.